T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, on Thursday evening, I will be at the uh, Richmond Marriott in Short Pump, the Short Pump Marriott, uh, with Dr. Stanley Goldfarb for a really unique conversation about medicine today and how this, this I, I'm going to call it racist. I don't know if Dr. Goldfarb will call it racist. This racist DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion um, movement, is, is doing a great deal of damage minimally to the confidence of patients like me when it comes to doctors and nurses and hospitals, but probably to the institutions and their self-confidence as well. And Dr. Goldfarb runs Do No Harm, uh, the medical group that is kind of tracking some of the nefarious things that are happening in medicine today. Dr. Goldfarb, good morning. Welcome to WRVA. Glad you're with us. Good morning. Great to be with you. So to walk me through the plan for Thursday. The, what was the genesis of this particular conversation related to DEI? Well, there have been a, a number of physicians in the Richmond area that really have uh, uh, spoken out and uh, have interacted with us over this whole issue of uh, how uh, healthcare has been um, influenced by and, and medical education has been influenced by this this DEI movement, diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion. Um, all misnomers, as uh, one could say, it really isn't about diversity. It's about having one specific issue uh, front and center, which is the, the skin color of individuals who practice medicine and are going to medical school. The the equity piece is not something that means everybody has the same opportunity. It means every, everyone has the same outcome, even if that outcome isn't really the optimum outcome. Mm-hmm. And inclusion means only certain people are included. So um, our idea to have this discussion is to have a chance to interact with the medical community and others in Richmond who uh, are interested in this topic and try to enlighten them about the, the problems we have seen and, and some some potential solutions to some of these problems. How were we doing nationally when it came to uh, doctors and surgeons and you know people who make a lot of money and have a lot of influence in the community and and are important in the community? Um, if you started to break down the 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 race numbers of people who were practicing in in medicine let's just say if we rewound rewound to five years ago before 2020 happened before all of the drama of george floyd and the protests and and Mm. the and the dei movement got you know frontier how were we doing on that well you know the 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 phrase that's 
currently used is underrepresented in medicine. Okay. And it, what it really speaks to is an idea of a quota. Uh, the goal yeah. by the activists in the field is that we will have the same number of individuals of minority status in this country, and the population will have that same proportion of the number of physicians, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in the United States. So um, that sort of trades in the issue of how many qualified people come from various you know, groups in the country, as opposed to how do we achieve this particular quota system? Mm-hmm. Right now, underrepresented in medicine includes uh, black patients. It includes um, Latino, uh, uh, black individuals. It includes Latino individuals. Um, and uh, the numbers are about half as many um, physicians in the United States are black compared to the proportion in the population, something on that order. Mm-hmm. And is is it a noble cause to try to balance that a little bit, or are we doing more damage by attempting to achieve that? You know, I think any time in this country that we focus on, on race as a primary issue, we're making a big mistake. We're undermining the sorts of uh, things that led to the civil rights laws in the 1960s, and we're undermining the notion that we're going to treat everybody the same based on their character rather than on their skin color. So I think uh, this, this movement is a movement that, that really is un-American in, in many ways. Um, in terms of what it's doing to the physician corps, well, any time that you sacrifice merit in the sake of diversity, you're sacrificing the potential for excellence. And that's not to say there aren't some extremely talented and bright and capable minority uh, applicants to medical school and and uh, minority physicians at all. But it does speak to the fact that if one decides that the basis for uh, accepting people into medical school based on these characteristics, that ultimately there will be a group that are less qualified. There's just no way to avoid that because we're turning uh, something that's immutable and unrelated to academic achievements, that is skin color, into uh, a characteristic that's going to determine their entry into medical school. So ultimately, it's going to reduce the quality of American, the American medical workforce. It, it does seem like the, the medical school leadership is all in on DEI. I mean, as, as many of these um, institutions have completely bought into it. Is there a way to turn this around? Is it simply a case of having events like the one that we're having on Thursday to illuminate the problem and, and there will be uh, self-awareness that's suddenly generated? Or is there going to have to be more pushback from patients and, and doctors themselves, you think? Yes, I think that will have to be the case. But I should just mention our organization, Do No Harm, that you mentioned in the beginning, mm-hmm. has uh, really a threefold approach to to doing something about this. And this is not just a question of you know informing people and trying to get a conversation going about this topic, but we've been pretty active. And one area that we've worked very hard in is in the legislative arena. So there are a number of states now, something on the order of a dozen states in the country that have have introduced legislation about trying to prevent DEI from being implemented in, in medical schools and in higher education in general. And, and the nature of this legislation is mostly to prevent organizations from doing two things. One is to 
forcing faculty members at, at medical schools, we'll focus on that, mm-hmm. making sort of loyalty pledges to pursuing diversity above almost anything else in their academic work. Even if they're predominantly researchers, they have to sign pledges about how they're going to implement these activities in in in, in many states, perhaps in almost all the states in the country. But these states, particularly in the in the Midwest and in the South, have um, have introduced legislation that says you cannot force faculty members to pursue these issues. And 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 hopefully, at least three institutions that I'm aware of: University of North Carolina. Texas A&M and University of Houston have now come out and said they will not demand of their faculty that they pursue these um, mm. these diversity pledges as part of their uh, both uh, employment uh, or promotion in the faculty. And the other approach that we've taken is we, we have taken uh, an approach about um, about actually suing organizations that are in the healthcare arena that have pursued, and you called it in the beginning, racist. They, they really are. They're at least racialized approaches to having uh, 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 scholarships as well as employment opportunities for individuals. And in these, in these uh, announcements of these opportunities, they've said whites and Asians need not apply. Shocking. Again, this is, this is un-American. It's illegal, in fact, and, and these cases are working their way through the courts. Actually, we even had a, we have, even have a lawsuit against the federal government because back in the end of 2021, Medicare introduced a rule that said that uh, primary care physicians working in the Medicare system would get extra payments for seeing Medicare patients if they had an anti-racist protocol in their practices. Mm -hmm. And again, it sounds like a wonderful thing. Who isn't against racism? But anti-racism doesn't mean I'm against racism. It means I'm for a racialized approach to things. I'm for treating one group of patients, in that particular case, in black patients, uh, differently than I'm going to treat white patients. And again, this is against the the rules that the government is supposed to operate under, the laws the civil rights law. So, so, uh, so our approach has been to inform the public coming on programs like yours and having the, the, the evening event in, um, in Richmond, as well as uh, a legislative approach and, and a, uh, a legal approach. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to picking up the conversation this Thursday evening, uh, the reception at 530, the lecture at 6 o'clock at the Richmond Marriott in Shore Pump. I'll be emceeing and uh, taking questions from the audience and interacting with Dr. Goldfarb and a number of other uh, doctors who will be a part of this discussion. If you want information, you can go to donoharmmedicine.org and sign up to join us on Thursday. Dr. Goldfarb, I appreciate the chance to talk to you, and I look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Looking forward to seeing you. Thank you so much. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.